Uh, this double chin, I notice, is coming along. Yeah. Um, which is disgusting for someone like me, not for anyone else, you know. This YouTube channel is really for me, you know. So if I want to call myself disgusting, that's a matter for me and me. This is not about you. And I can't even look you in the eye at the moment because I'm using my iPad on this occasion and the camera seems to be off-centre, forcing me to look over there. Uh, so that's going to be distracting, but that's all right because I don't want viewers for this episode because it's one of my stupid ones. Ah. Uh, I don't want viewers for any of them. You know, I, I can't respect anyone who would watch my channel. Uh, apologies to Groucho Marx for that joke. Uh, speaking of Groucho Marx, my favourite Abbott and Costello episode is, and it's the only one I can remember. That's what makes it. That's what makes it my favourite. Uh, is that one where Abbott and Costello are trying to get into a club? That's the link back to Groucho Marx. And, um, and they can't get in. The security guards, ooh, I can segue that into something in a minute. The security guards are blocking them and saying, no, you can't come, you know, members only. And um, they're turned away. So then they turn around and they walk in backwards, you know, like that. And, um, and, and Costello, he's the fat one. <laughs> he's disgusting. You know, they're walking backwards and they're coming in. We're just leaving, so yeah. <laughs> The security guards go, oh, all right. And they let them in, you know, walking backwards. And, and then the security guards go, oh, what? <laughs> you know, start chasing them. It's hilarious. You know, they don't make joke like that. They don't make comedy like that anymore. I don't make comedy at all. Yeah, but this is a comedy channel, believe it or not. You know, I wouldn't want you to take me seriously. <laughs> I don't even want you watching this. Rack off. I can't even look you in the eye. Okay. Uh, I love you, viewer. I love you. <laughs> Graham Kennedy. We miss him. Yeah. He was forced to get on TV and apologize. Was that for the crow noises? Yeah. <laughs> or was he insulting the viewer in some other way? And um and the bosses at Channel Nine forced him to get onto the television and make it up to the viewers. Apologize. Yeah. So he got on the TV. <laughs> uh, and he said I love you, viewer. I love you. I love you. You've got to despise the viewer. That's what the viewer wants. But this episode is not about any of that. And I would advise just switch it off already, if you haven't already. Um, but, you know, interesting things come across my desk. So... I want to tell me about them. You know, so this episode is, is for me, not for you. In fact, all the episodes are for me. You know, 
for example, I would want you to take me seriously about the previous episode, which I think was me having a vote for cancel culture. You know, I voted for cancel culture. Uh, defended cancel culture. I love it. I love you, cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, because um, Ricky Gervais and J.K. Rowling, Rowling, you know, Rowling. Um, have come out against it. You know. So, what do you do if you're a smart-ass Irishman? You go the opposite. If people are coming out against cancel culture, you go for it. You know, I'm all for cancel culture. Cancel everybody. Chaos. We need more chaos. Uh, but speaking of chaos, uh, something has come across my desk, and it's on my phone which is smashed, and, um, and it prompted a text message from me to me, essentially, but it was to someone else, but when I'm texting someone else, I'm texting myself, um, but it was this, you know. hang on, where's the camera in this thing, hello, hello Naomi, I love you, and you too, whoever you are, right, now, read backwards. British. Well, I'm going to read it the other way, actually. Lafnine dra wudi rotti de segol shitirb. Right. British Vogue's editor, Edward Enenful, never heard of him, was racially blottified. Brolified, profile, uh, profiled, and told to use the loading bay while trying to enter his own office. Yeah, and the rest is in Kiswahili. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I thought, and, and then it goes on to say, um, Hello, Kate and other girl. Whoever you are, um, Kate Moss and Grace Moss. Oh, she got a sister. All right. Um, the security guard. Come on. Um, who made the comment was quickly dismissed by Condonast. Vogues. What's that say? Biru, a parent company. All right, so that's that. Um, and that gave me a chance to make a text to someone, but to me. I care only about me. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I'm all for. I love you, cancel culture. And I love you, viewer. I love you. Yeah. Right. And here's the text. Just in passing, a great example of how one incident overnight immediately gives me two ripper episodes in my podcast. I wrote that to somebody. Now, because I've got a podcast separate to this, uh, but I've given it up. But I don't know about that yet. I haven't told myself yet. Uh, but I, I love this YouTube. You know, my new toy is this YouTube comedy channel. So I'm all for, you know, I, I, think, I've, I think I've dumped... 
my podcast. It's gone. Yeah, but I haven't advised myself of that yet. So incorrectly, I've said just in passing, a great example of how one incident overnight immediately gives me two ripper episodes for my podcast. You know, oh, I don't mind reading fast. All right. Now, when I make those two podcast episodes, which I never will, anyone listening, there will be no one because I take steps to drive all would-be listeners away, including by periodically letting listeners know that I despise anyone who would listen to something said by me rather than an expert, rather than by an expert, see? This is a hypothetical. Now, when I make those two episodes, anyone listening will be likely to be wondering which side is he taking? What I mean by that is, you know, which side? Uh, well, I text. I would be carefully purging my head of caring at all about you know, the rights of the security guard, who in whole or part here has clearly been fired seemingly without investigation, the justice and left-wing labour-slash-union question by someone infinitely more powerful than him, namely this black editor. You know, I don't mind saying black nowadays. My mum, my mum used to teach me not to say, not to even see black. But I've been, you know, I've been educated, so black is back. Back in black. You know, back is black. I think we were saying colour for a while, but it's black now. And I, I'm, I move with the times. There's no doubt about that. So a, you know, I would fir- I would be carefully purging my head of caring about the rights of the security guard, or BLM, that's Black Lives Matter, and the rights of this editor to not be racially profiled. You know, BLM means Black Lives Matter, and in my podcast. I've come out heavily in support of Black Lives Matter. I'm on the record for that. I see it as a form of... You know, it's, a, an, it's a cousin of feminism, as far as I can see. You know, like if, you, if you're on a, a, sh- a rifle range and you're trying to hit the target, um, but your social construction is such that you keep missing to the right a little bit, you know, and, and there may even be some prevailing winds and all that sort of stuff. For, for one reason, or two, or three, or four, you're missing to the right. You know, and there's always these more men in parliament, you know, or more fairness for white people instead of black people, you know. And, and you're, you're hitting right, and you're aiming dead centre. You're always aiming for the target, for a bullseye, and you keep going right. Now, what happens there? I see Black Lives Matter and feminism and other, lots of other things too. You know, shooting a target on a rifle range. I can't with you anyway. Um, as you know, being this sort of thing that what would you do if you were on a shooting range like that and you wanted to hit a bullseye? You, know, you wanted to get that guy right in the forehead. You know, what would you do? Well, you would. You know, pardon my metaphor my analogies, you know. But what you would do is you aim slightly left. You know, compensate. Quotas, whatever. I'm I'm, I'm heavily in favour of quotas, you know, in Parliament. You know, for women, 
maybe for people with black skin as well, or brown skin even. Brown skin is black skin. You know, I've been educated on that, and I'm, all, I'm on board with that too. Right. So I would be carefully purging my head of caring at all about the security guard, you know, or that editor, you know, the rights of that editor, to not be racially profiled. Okay, I'll just read the rest without commentary. Now, with a good union rep on his side, that security guard could quite likely sue. It would pit one left movement, labour rights, against another, you know, BLM rights. I didn't write, you know, there, see? I keep adding these bits. I like saying, you know, because people say you shouldn't, so. Therefore, I do. I love you, Fuel. Um, and that sort of thing piques my interest. You know, I went to boarding school. You don't say peak. Yeah. You get flushed. Yeah. Yeah. But that sort of thing piques my interest. Because it's left. The left. Yeah. Similarly, examples of right, the right gets interesting, or they get interesting. Even if that security guard did racially profile that boss, even then, justice, that old chestnut Socrates was so fascinated by, may well be served better if he were not sacked. He may have a desperate family in these desperate times the compassion consideration. And he may well not be even responsible for his own racism. Um, unless we don't believe in the power of social construction and the idea that justice requires both actus reus and mens rea. I've got a lawyer wife. Otherwise I wouldn't know what those two things meant. And so on. Ellipses. You could go on and on, but all in all, a good union rep, or indeed a good barrister, if you took this one all the way to the high court as a test case, or that might be the privy court. If you, I think, I think that um, issue arose in London. Yeah. Um, could easily argue that the swift removal of this security guard by a powerful boss is an abomination of justice. After which the BLM movement could call into question the ability of the High Court itself, a product of white privilege, to rule on justice. And whether the Western world itself can be an arbiter of justice, you know, at all. Or, the, or whether it's the turn of those who have been oppressed by the Western world to take over the function of justice via, for example, some council of elders or something, which would alienate young people from the process of justice. And on and on and on I would go for two episodes of three hours each. Well, that's, what, that's something I would do. I can't hear yeah, on YouTube. I don't think it could handle that much chat. And I would eventually work my way back to Socrates, 
and question even him and his elitism for all his humble garb, which would make him smile in his grave. Oh, one of the funniest moments I remember. I remember a lot of funny moments from the Greeks, you know, because I was there by virtue of the internet. I get to look these things up, so I was there. Um, was, uh, one of Socrates' followers had a, you know, he, I think he actually tore a hole in his garment, you know, in his toga, um, to appear, you know, because he wanted to um, demonstrate he was humble. You know, I think he ripped it a bit much, and, you know, I think his toolbox might have been showing. And, um, and Socrates said, careful, I think your humility is showing. <laughs> I don't know if he put it exactly like that, but that would have been funny. Um, there's lots of funny moments, you know, from the times of the Greeks. There's lots of funny moments from everywhere, I'm sure, but they wrote them down. And uh, another one was, uh, what's his name, Diogenes, sitting in his bath. Alexander the Great came to visit him in his bath. Yeah, he had a bath out on his nature strip. And Alexander the Great came, you know. Hello, Diogenes. You know, this is the most powerful man in the known world coming to see the philosopher, Diogenes, you know, who lived like a dog you know, on purpose. Um, dog. Uh, that's, um, is that the, where the word stoic comes from? I'm not Greek. Yeah. And, um, and uh, Alexander, how did that one go? Uh, um, if I wasn't Alexander, said Alexander, I'd want to be Diogenes, you know? And uh, Diogenes, I think, said, if I wasn't Diogenes, I'd want to be Diogenes. Those <laughs> oh, Greeks. Anyway, very funny. And then I think he asked Alexander to get out of his light, you know, the sun. Uh, to which um, Alexander laughed, to his credit. Alexander was a philosopher. He understood philosophers. Um, he, um, well, Aristotle was his teacher. And then Plato was Aristotle's teacher and Socrates was Plato's Four famous names all in a row. Where, you know, did that happen anywhere else in history? You know, you had the Buddha, but, you know, who else? You know, but you got four famous names right there. Um, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Alexander, you know. But, you know, around, you know, around Jesus, what have you got? Just Jesus, really, and Jesus' followers. But you got four big deals right there, you know. Confucius, and who else? The Buddha? Who else? Jesus? Who else? Maybe Paul. You know? Um, but he was just a follower of Jesus anyway. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Socrates was kind of my favourite Jesus. Anyway, what I mention here is I planted the word consideration. Oh, this is my text again. I planted the word consideration in the middle of all of that. Where? Uh, I forget where I did that. What am I talking about? Oh, the compassion consideration. Yep, I mentioned the compassion consideration earlier. 
Uh, I planted the word consideration in the middle of all that to finally respond to your question. Does being me make me more considerate? Uh, to which I'll respond that yes, you are right. There is a big difference between being nice and being considerate. You know, for example, I'm being a pig on this episode because I just feel like it. Um, there's nothing I like better than being God, which means I'm in a permanent state of happiness, you know, because I get God every day. And yes, I do think it makes me more considerate. But not because I'm a nice person. I would be horrified if I was associated with that mob. I would lose all credibility with myself. Oh, the age. Almost one million people out of work. Who cares? It's not me.